You're listening to the Franchise Freedom Podcast with Giuseppe Grammatico. Okay, and welcome to the Franchise Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Giuseppe Grammatico, your franchise guide. And I, I wanted to first mention and thank everyone for listening in. We uh, we really appreciate it. We are, I believe we're on episode 103. So uh, last two years, and I, and I attribute the uh, growing success of this show based off all our listeners. So I just wanted to thank everyone for listening in and your questions. Your questions are vital to this show. This show is all about you, your questions, how we can help. And um, I just wanted to express my gratitude and, and thank everyone. So uh, wanted to jump in. We have a very special special guest today, actually a friend and colleague, someone I, I work with and uh, ho, uh, you know have a lot of respect for, has been in the business forever. And his name is David Weaver. And just a, a, a quick little bio on David and we'll jump in. Uh, David started in corporate sales and project management. Uh, then the family business came calling. I, I've experienced that as well. Uh, this turned into a major business reformation and, and turned around. I moved to Denver in 2005 and got into franchise finance. The 08 financial meltdown pushed me uh, pushed him out of his comfort zone and into business ownership. Uh, today, he has owned seven companies, invests in real estate and franchise brands, as well as a fr- as a consults in franchise ownership. David, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Giuseppe. Looking forward to you think after 102 episodes, I can read a bio. But anyway, we got to work on that. <laughs> you did fine. I liked it. So I, uh, I appreciate you, you, uh, you coming on. So, so David, as I mentioned, is, is a, a friend, colleague. We, we, we work together. David, give a, give a little um, insight into your story of, of uh, your background and how you went from employee to employer. Thank you. Um, so as you said in my bio, I started off in big corporate America and and kind of realized that that didn't that didn't fit my my sort of career path. Um, at the same time, my father had bought his sort of retirement business in Detroit, which was a non-ferrous uh, high copper alloy foundry. Um, so heavy manufacturing in Detroit. Uh, he needed my help. So I left the corporate gig and helped my dad. Uh, that was in the late 90s. Um, that turned into a massive turnaround. Um, if you remember the late 90s, the Y2K bug was a big problem. And everybody was worried about this, the computers not sort of resetting themselves as we hit 2000. Uh, and so as a consequence of that, the auto manufacturers built a huge inventory in the late, uh, the last few years of the 90s. Um and so when Y2K kind of didn't happen, right, nothing happened, um, they literally shut the plants down. So our foundry made parts for the robotics on the assembly lines. Um, and so they shut production way, way down to take out the inventory. Um, and then the next year, we had a couple of planes hit some buildings. Um, and that was a major problem that that turned the economy kind of mm-hmm. upside down. And so we went from a five and a half, six million dollar company um, to about a two million dollar company in 90 days, 120 days. Um, General Motors and uh, had bankrupted our three biggest customers and we were the biggest supplier to those pro- projects. Um, and so 
I call that period of time in my life, my real life MBA. Um, we learned really, really fast how to get efficient, um, you know, cash flow management. Um, and, and we ultimately kind of revamped the entire process flow, um, implemented ISO 9000 quality control process, uh, which I later figured out was basically what franchisors do for small business um, mm. later. So um, that was kind of my family business experience. Um, there's a lot of cliches about go- getting into business with friends and family. Um, and I'll just say that my experience um, confirmed some of that. So I wanted to raise my family in the mountains of Colorado. So I left Detroit and came back to Denver Um that's when I worked for the finance company. Uh, I chose finance because go, coming from manufacturing with all the overseas and international manufacturing that was going on and the challenges that Detroit have, I was committed that I was either going to get into real estate or some kind of support of small business. And right. so I worked for a small independent lender. Um, he wanted to somebody to penetrate the franchise space, figure out how do we support franchise owners um, and so that kind of was my role. Uh, very successful in figuring all of that out. Uh, learned a lot about what makes a good franchisor good uh, and also what kind of franchisors you want to avoid and, and the reasons why. Uh, and in the process of that, I underwrote thousands of loans, right? So I really understood unit economics. What are the characteristics that make a business fundamentally uh, work better than a different kind of business, right? So um Fast forward to the financial crash of 2008, macroeconomic again, you know, back in 2000 and then again in 2008, um, created a pivot in my career. Um, Essentially, what I was really good at, which was, you know, helping new business owners with financing, um, we were no longer going to do. Our bank pulled our line of credit, uh, which crashed our business, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was in a position to either put up with what they were telling me they were going to pay me and what kind of what direction we were going. Uh, no fault of, of the owner of the, the finance company, but I kind of put myself in a position of I can do anything and make this kind of money. So what is it that you really want to do? Um, I looked at 19 businesses between 2009 and 2010, um, private equity, angel mm-hmm. investors, buying bank owned assets. I looked at a lot of different things. Um, ultimately in late 2010, I started with Franchise. Um, and so I started my Franchise business and I bought a bar on, uh, DU's campus, Denver University's campus, mm-hmm. uh, in the same month. Um, and I'll just say today I'm a Franchise consultant and I invest in franchises. And that bar was probably the worst decision I ever made. That was a very short lived, uh, bad choice. So, um, I've learned a lot, and and today I get to uh, help people with their path to business ownership by sharing my personal experiences and guiding people um, to an alternative path in their career. That's that's awesome, and I and I always say that it's uh, school is great, um, but you know, with business ownership, you you learn a lot. It's trial and error, just like a, a franchise when they create their system. So. Uh, you bring a lot to the table. You have maybe a different angle, a, a way of, of you went about doing business. And I hear you. You know, I've, I've had non-franchise business as well. I've worked with family and there's definitely pros and cons, especially 
uh, when family is all together, you tend to bring the business with you and you want to, you want to separate that. So, uh, <laughs> there are families that do it and I'm always open to like, well, how do you, how do you make it work? And we, we definitely made it work. It's just, it's, it was a, uh, it was tough when, when business and financials and you mix that it with personal, it's, uh, it's definitely a fine line and, and a balance. So, um, you know, I think, I think the experiences we all bring to the table help, uh, help out, uh, quite a bit. So, um, Switching gears, let me ask you. So, so franchising, we're, we're I'm in franchising. I've owned franchise. I'm a consultant as well. Um, what is it about franchising? What what really stood out? Because you know, franchising, in my opinion, is not a good fit for everyone. You really have to understand that that value proposition of, of a what a franchise is, and not only that, but when you explore them, obviously, four thousand just say franchises, whatever the the exact number is. Um, they're not all built the same. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you'd, you'd agree there. So tell us about what drew you in and, and kind of what are the, the, if you want to call pros and cons benefits of franchising in your opinion. So what I love about franchising is the systems that allow you to build a business that you want to own. That became a mantra of my wife and I, as we owned our elements, massage locations, um, You've got to build the business that you want to own, and and that drives the things that we all want, right? Which right. is more income and more personal time and flexibility and things like that. Um, so, really, what what is great about franchising for me is once I realized when I was at the finance company and I really dug into all these different franchisors to determine whether or not we were going to you know put a get put together a finance program for them. Um, I really kind of had this aha moment in that franchising is really quality control process, QS 9,000, ISO 9,000, whatever, um, for small business. They have the process already figured out. And what I realized in implementing that quality control in the foundry is we were no longer operating the business to the demands of our customer or the um, demands of our employees, right? Mm-hmm. So we can't run this part because Al didn't show up today, that kind of thing. Right. Um, we were running the business to a system. And and the result of that was we went from 25 employees down to 11. And then I kind of built, uh, built back to about 13 employees. Um, but our monthly revenue w- jumped by almost double, like one and a half to two times. With less employees. With less mm-hmm. employees. And so um, the just owning that experience and understanding that what it feels like to manage 13 people to a system versus 25 people to, to chaos, which a lot of independent mm-hmm. business owners do for a long period of time. Um, that was like, oh, this is what franchising is. And we don't have to be in heavy manufacturing. We can be in all kinds of different businesses. So that's when I fell in love with franchising. Um, and, and then it's kind of taken it, taken the toll from there. So, um, I've invested in a couple different franchises at this point, um, and several businesses that were non-franchise as well. And, and that says a lot. And, and when someone, someone asks me, which is better franchising or not, it's really, as you mentioned, what are you, what are you looking for? Um, I don't like to say pros and cons, you know, in my opinion, um, 20 years in, in business ownership, I don't say pros and cons. I just say either you, you want a system or you don't. Um, yes, you could say pros and cons. Maybe the system is newer versus older. But as far as a franchise goes, either you want the system in place or you want to create it from scratch, I, I, I jokingly say. So 
let's figure out together. If you want to buy a McDonald's and with the intention of selling pizza and and all these other you know cotton candy and things they don't have on the menu, obviously that may not be a, may, may be a good fit because that's not the intention. Although, you know, Subway was the five dollar foot long was created and it was the idea, the brainchild of of a group of franchisees. So, um, which is a whole nother topic in and of itself, but yeah, the intention is really to run run that business. So uh, I'm glad you. Uh, I'm you know I'm just a just a huge fan. And for everyone listening in, um, you know, you can own a franchise and your second business be a non-franchise. It, you know, you're not always in franchising. I have, I have uh, friends, family, people I've worked with that bought a franchise and motivated them enough and actually gave them ideas for systems in place to launch their startup. So keep that in the back of your mind as we, as we continue that conversation. But before we do, I wanted to pause here and just, uh, we have a quick note from uh, one of our sponsors. We hope you're enjoying the show. Just a quick note, this episode of Franchise Freedom is brought to you by the smbpodcastnetwork.com. The network is a collection of podcasts and shows from around the internet, which focus on bringing you interviews and amazing guests who share actionable advice, ideas, and information for small and medium-sized business owners and entrepreneurs. Visit www.smbpodcastnetwork.com at the bottom of the screen to find more great shows and easily subscribe to be notified of new episodes. It's a great way to discover quality content. If you haven't done so, please subscribe today so you don't miss uh, the next great show. Thank you. Awesome. That was something new that we're trying. So I'm hoping it all works. So it seems, uh, seems like the video is working. So we're always, always yeah, experimenting on the show. <laughs> Diving in. So, you know, we, we, we talk franchise and, and, and startup. So you know, going back to kind of that previous question, startup versus a franchise. Do I just create the restoration business myself? What does it take? Or do I go with the franchise? So, you know, what is your comment to someone that calls you and has that exact same question? So the um, this reminds me of a story uh, that happened that kind of was another aha in my in my career that drives me to franchising. Um, and so hopefully this will this kind of relates to your question. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a big skier. I live in Colorado. Um, a lot of my friends go heli skiing. So we go up in via helicopter versus uh, being at the resort. Uh, so first trip in a long time. This is back in 2015 timeframe. Um, had a big ski day with a bunch of different entrepreneurs. To your earlier point, many of the people on those trips started their first business as a franchise but they were in their second or third business at this point, completely non-franchised. Usually what happens is as you own and operate the franchise, you see a gap in the market because you start thinking like an entrepreneur, right? And you start seeing different things. And two of the guys on that trip, that's exactly what they did. So they sold their franchise, they started this next business and then scaled that business. But sort of starting a business versus uh, starting a franchise, here's my story. We go heli skiing, we're sitting around the hot tub after the first day. And I knew most of the people on the trip. We took over the lodge. We had like 30 people on the trip, but I didn't know all of them. So I just asked them, um, what is your business and and how long have you been in business until you got to the point where you could go on a trip like this, right? So um, we're really remote, no good cell reception, et cetera. So the implication was, how do you step away from your business for more than 10 days, which is really what a lot of people are looking for in their business, right? Um, the answer shocked me. I heard eight years, 15 years, 13 years, nine years, seven years. 
What was interesting to me is 18 months before that trip, my wife and I bought two locations of Elements Massage and we had managers in place and run into the system and we were on the trip. So that to me is the primary difference. I talked about systems, the systems are already built, but the reason that these guys took so long to be able to step away from their business is, and again, to my foundry experience, it took me two and a half years to put this the quality control process in place effectively. So the time that it takes mm-hmm. to get a business to the point where the business is giving back to you, right, rather than you building the business, um, I just firmly believe is shorter in franchising than than doing something on your own. So that's the reason that I would say start a franchise a restoration franchise versus starting a fran- a, a restoration business on your own. Um, it's really speed to scale and speed to lifestyle. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's opportunity cost, time value of money. You know, there, there's so many factors, how long, you know, yes, you could do it on your own, but just, just to get the systems up in place, you're, you have what I call in my book, uh, the unfair advantage uh, of a franchise where you have a two-year head start, let alone a proven, a proven model in and of itself and potential economies of scale. If you're dealing with just say a painting franchise and being able to, to purchase and have it, have that buying power over anybody else. So the uh, the advantages, uh, you know, definitely, you know, as, as you name them off, there's so many. But I, uh, that is a that that is a good point. Do you get questions a lot about? So I, I've I've been getting questions here and there, and, and I have my own response. But I'm I'm curious to to hear what you have to say when it comes to resales. People looking at, you know, I I only buy existing businesses, or you know, backing up there. Is, is there really a benefit? In purchasing a resale, because I, I see I see both pros and cons. But what are your what are your thoughts when it, when that that question comes up? So it's very logical, right? To think if you buy an existing business, you're you're sort of you know cutting that learning curve down, et cetera. You're you're buying existing cash flow and and things of that nature. So it's a very natural approach to say I'd rather buy somebody's existing business versus start one from from scratch because finding those customers and gaining all of that traction takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of money. And that is true also, right? So um, I really look at buying an existing business versus starting a franchise, six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. And it comes back to what you said earlier, which is what is it that you want to accomplish? So I can share my experience. I've bought existing businesses and I've I've built businesses from, from scratch. And here's the primary difference. When you buy somebody else's business, there's something wrong with it. If it was running super smoothly, they probably wouldn't sell it, right? I mean, right. If, if you've got a manager running the business and and the business makes money and everything's great, then typically those are businesses that people keep for a long, long, long time. So keep that in mind. Your job is to determine what is broken in the business and can you add additional value to fix that quickly, mm-hmm. double, triple the size of the business. But that needs to be part of your underwriting. If you think that you're just buying existing customers, existing cash flow, um, I think that's that's a bit of a danger zone. Um, so starting a business from scratch you own all aspects of the business, right? All the positive and the negative, and and it's yours. If you buy in somebody else's business, you're buying all of their mistakes. And so right. you're going to have to fix those and they can be extremely costly. Um, a lot of digging, them, right? <laughs> a lot of oh digging to find out what's wrong. <laughs> well, yeah. That, how much time does it take to identify where mm. the real problem is? And then how much money does it take to fix it? 
um, is remarkable. So my personal experience is it cost almost as much money to remarket um, an existing business and to fix all the problems as it would have just to start from scratch. Um, so I'm a bigger fan of starting from scratch with a franchise brand that has proven methodology, but more importantly, proven leadership. The leadership at the franchise brand knows what they're doing, right. um, whether it's an emerging brand or or an established brand. Um, you'd be surprised that that you know at at how quality varies between different franchise brands at the mm -hmm. leadership level. I agree. I absolutely agree. And, and you know, we have the the added benefit of, of getting to meet at bare minimum twice a year uh, with the you know, top top hundred or so franchise companies out there, and meet with the founders, leaders, um, you know, anyone involved in, in those in those businesses. And, and there's a major advantage there to truly understand what makes them different, why they're doing so well. But um, to your point, I, I had a, a conversation with someone that was exploring. Um, a, a, a resale a franchise. And he goes, how come there, there aren't many? And I said, well, the good brands, the, the neighbors like to buy each other out and uh, it's much simpler. They no extra training. They just, you know, you're in, in uh, Eastern New Jersey. I'm going to just pick up the guy maybe in Western New Jersey. It's just, it's a simpler process. They know the system and they can just pick it up and run with it without having to, you know, the learning curve is, is going to be minimal. But, you know, when, when, when looking at valuation of what you're getting in the business too. If a, if a new franchise costs a hundred and the resale is worth two, it, it, is it really worth that additional? Because typically they're going to ask as long as they're profitable for an additional amount. So maybe a hundred thousand premium over, over a new franchise. And I would say you're getting that much in value. Is it going to take you a couple of years to turn the business around? Is, is it worth this hundred thousand dollar premium just for the added benefit of having some existing cash flow? So uh, we talk uh, quite a bit of that, and most of the people uh, that I work with end up buying or, or going with a newer franchise because they want to start from scratch and and want to make sure they have the right employees in place and that they have happy customers and they can fix it as opposed to you know doing doing some of that damage damage control because to your point something is broken if they're selling the business uh, unless they have no one to to leave it to right they're ready to retire have no one to leave it to and. And that kind of thing. They're getting older. So uh, very, very good point. I, I, I like the way you uh, kind of approach that. Um, Giuseppe, you, you really make another, I, I want to um, emphasize the point that you made because it's so true. If a franchise is good, I call this the game within the game, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be in the game. You have to own a franchise. And in my case, an elements massage franchise, right? Um, in order to know what are the franchisees that aren't doing well and want to pot potentially leave. Um, that's how we ended up selling one of our locations. Um, that's how I ended up buying the elements uh, locations that I bought originally. Um, I had a personal relationship with the uh, VP of sales at elements. Um, they had a challenging franchisee that they wanted to help sort of move on, but, you know, mm -hmm. like make a decision, right? You're either going to follow the system or, or you're not. Right. Um, so I got that. That was sort of a hidden deal, right? When, when I found it, um, if the business is running well, then the other franchisees want to expand by acquiring your franchise. So if it's a good transaction, the insiders are going to know it. That's the game within the game. So if you're coming from outside corporate America and you're looking to only look at resales, you're probably looking at 
that you're the second or third look, even if it's brand new on the market, um, because the insiders have already mm -hmm. passed on. So really, when I like you think that. of it this way, um, it, it, they're just, you're not going to get a great deal unless you're on the inside of the game. I like that. See, see, I, the, the, these, these are why, this is why I love this show. I'm always, uh, always learning something. It's uh, on every show. There's, there's maybe a, a different way of looking at something, but that, that is a very, very good point. I'm, uh, I'm going to steal that. So there you go. It's on, it's on record. I'm stealing that. <laughs> Hopefully you could steal something for me, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not, but no, I like that. That is, that is a, a very good point. And there are certain people that that's, that's all they want. They just, they're, they're fixated on that. They need to have it, but it's uh, all we could do is, is educate and uh, meet people where they're at. That, that, that's been my, uh, my approach Absolutely. the last, uh, last few years. We'll meet you where you're at. We'll let you know our, our, what our, our thoughts and how franchising works and then, and kind of take it from there. But there could be some advantages there, you know, for the, for the right, um, for the right opportunity, I always say. Um, talk, what else, you know, we're in the same world, right? We're, we're, we're helping people all over the country, you know, basically all over the U S and Canada make one of the most difficult, um, financial decisions. When I say difficult, it's, 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 it's a decision, big decision, like buying a home, right? You're, you're going to get everyone involved. And in, in when making these decisions, I always say anyone that this business will touch needs to be part of this decision. And what I mean by that is if you are married, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever the case may be, your kids, uh, even if they're younger, letting letting them know about about the process. I always say there's shouldn't be any any um what's the word um, uh, pop ups. I'm I'm I'm, draw I'm drawing a blank, but there shouldn't be anything that just kind of pops up and surprises. That was the word I was looking for. And um, you know everyone should be involved, especially in any business. Uh, is, it's going to require the additional hours, the additional work. A franchise or not, there, there's definitely time that needs to be spent, especially if you are balancing a job with that new venture to really learn the business and, and find the staff and things like that. And, and eventually, obviously, the hours will, will, will come down once the, the right staff and location, if that's involved in that franchise is in place. So that, that's my as basic and as simple as that sounds. That's how I, my, we didn't have kids when I bought my first franchise. We have two now and I involved my, my wife every step of the way. And she was fully supportive and she had some, um, no goes when it came to certain industries, which which was fine because she made a, a good case due to personal experience, and yep. uh, I'm glad. Um, and I'm not going to name them. I don't want to call a, a company out or an industry out, but there were some that required a little bit of extra. You know, it was one of those where you needed a lot of extra security and cameras and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, why do I want to be in business where uh, my my uh, life can be <laughs> at risk? even though it has this great alarm or cameras and, you know, it's stuff that when, you know, maybe you get so excited about an opportunity, you start to forget, uh, you know, the other, the other things that are just as important. So what, what other advice, what didn't we talk about um, to that, to that first time business owner that is just, is just scared. They're, they're just, they're, they're not certain as to, is this the right timing? The stock markets is, is going crazy do I, is this the right time for me? You know, when, when do I, do I go full-time, part-time? Do, do you have any, you know, you know, maybe one or two really good takeaways and, and piece of advice you can give to someone in that, in that boat ready to make that transition? Absolutely. So you, you touched on a couple of different things that really point to ultimately fear of taking the, the, the big step, right. To step out of the corporate role 
with the supposedly secure uh, income and things like that. One of which is my wife trusts me and and will you know will allow me to make the decision. And mm-hmm. I always kind of chuckle a little bit because having done it and and you express that, um, <laughs> I always tell people two things. Look, you've been married for X number of years. It's usually 20 plus years and I'm no marriage counselor, so I'm not going to try to be, but I would much rather have you do this with your spouse than to her. Um, You know, I don't know how many houses you've bought without letting her see the kitchen or the bathroom, but my guess is it's pretty few. So bringing her along in the process is, is to your benefit. Um, But, you know, again, you, you know, her better than I do. Um, and vice versa, whether I'm talking with the wife and the the husband is the the person that needs to right. come into the process. Um, and the other thing is partners, right? Hey, I've been in business, you know, I worked with so-and-so at corporate America for 20 plus years. We've always wanted to do a business. We're going to do this together. That's also sort of a fear, right? If it, it, it lowers, if I bring in a partner, it lowers my risk, so to speak, mm. is the logic behind that. Um, the very first thing that I tell them, again, with the family business experience, do you recognize that you're going into business with his wife or her husband, mm. right? And does your wife recognize that she's also going into business with his, with his wife, um, if that's the case? And, and most people don't think of it that way. But let me tell you, when they're partnerships, you've just increased the complexity of decision making times four. Um, right. Even if you think that you're just doing it between one one another partner, so um, that is the reality. And the other thing that I say to that is, people are funny about money. They're funny about money when you don't have any, and they're funny about money when you have a lot. So you got to get a lot of different people on the same page. Um, but both of those are examples of. I'm afraid to tell my spouse that I really want to do this, or I'm afraid to put out the financial outlay. And the best way to minimize that is bringing in a partner. Mm -hmm. Um, Partnerships are smart if they're smart, but you need to really be very clear on why you have a partnership and both parties have to value the other person's contribution and it's never money. Right? So Right. If I'm a financial guy and I'm really, really bad at sales and I can't interact with people very well, then having a VP of sales or somebody that's really, really good at business development, that's a pretty good partnership. Because if I'm a finance guy, I never want to deal with customers. If I'm a salesperson, I never want to deal with P&Ls and spreadsheets, et cetera. Right. Like that, that could work, right? And so if that's the case, I would encourage that. Um, usually it's the first thing. And so... Um, the other thing that I would say about taking the big leap out of corporate America, um, and starting a business for the first time, um, I think, you know, and again, I've been doing this franchise consulting for over a decade. Uh, I've invested in lots of different companies. Um, the idea that I think a lot of people have in their head is people that own businesses took this map massive leap of faith into the abyss, into the unknown, jumped off a cliff without a parachute. And and honestly, that's not how it goes, right? That is not, nobody that starts a business jumps off a cliff with no parachute. They really don't. The the process of deciding to make this pivot in your career should be a logical next step, right? So I've recognized that I have a lot of skills and abilities that would translate into business ownership, or I, I am confident in my ability to build businesses because I've done, I've built departments or divisions within corporate America 
And I don't need somebody to tell me how to do it. Right. I just need the platform to do it on. That's a good person to step out, right? Um, doing your evaluation and working with a professional like myself and yourself in the franchise consulting space will walk you through a process so that it feels like a natural next step. It doesn't feel like I'm you know, jumping off a, a cliff. So um, it's really about preparation. And like you said, franchising isn't for everybody. Um, some people are too entrepreneurial to value the franchise. And some right. people don't have the risk tolerance to, to take that step. Um, the first person is an entrepreneur and the second person is an employee. And the person that's in the middle is a franchise owner. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I like that. I'm going to steal that as well. You're welcome. <laughs> Take it. We're going to, now I appreciate that. that, that that's very well said. And, and yeah, it's not, I, I, when people, I talk to people and they're very skeptical and I could do it myself, you know, we'll, we'll explore and say, you, you have full ability to do it yourself. You don't, you don't need, maybe you don't need the franchise. There's definitely benefits, but if your mindset and, and, and you want me to convince you not, and not, that's just not the way it works. This is really either you get the prop value proposition or not. We'll, we'll dive a little bit deeper, but it's not me to sell you on why franchising will fix everything. It's really, is it going to fit? I always say for you and your family. So everyone I talk to, it's, it's always a different scenario. It's uh, what's the hot franchise. There is no hot franchise. It's really what's going to be a match for you and your family. So I literally, <laughs> it's a clean slate. It's a clean slate. And I had this experience as an intern uh, for Payne Weber uh, prior to the UBS merger. And my, my quick story is I asked the, uh, the financial advi- my financial advisor, well, what do you say when someone says uh, they want the, the hot mutual fund because he was the mutual fund guy in the office? And he's like, well, what time frame? And I go, for this year. And he's like, well, Money Magazine for January shows this. And then in February, it's something completely different. And then in March, so which, ep- which, uh, you know, which magazine do you want which month? And he goes, it's all about, you know, learning as much as you can. And that, and that was a, I didn't really, I guess, appreciate it then. And now, now I, I appreciate it, but it's like, okay, you know, he, the, the people that were pitching stock and the hot funds and things like that, they're probably no longer, I know many of them are no longer in business. It was the person I got to know and it took two or three conversations before any type of investment. And that's, and, and that was, was discussed and we're, we're similar. We, we want to know about you. I can't, jump into even if I think of something that may be a good fit I don't I don't know if you qualify I don't know if your area is even available so I really like to to take a holistic approach and learn about you because this is in my opinion a long-term relationship and I've been in you know franchising for close to 20 years now and I still talk to those people that um, I first got to meet and and help uh, invest in their first uh, franchise so um, David I I uh, really appreciate your time this has been awesome if you um, Anyone who wants to, to get in contact with you, what's, what's the best way for them to, to reach you? The easiest way to connect with me is send me an email, dweaver at franchise.com. dweaver at franchise.com. That is the easiest way to connect directly to me. Um, www.franchiseyourfreedom.com is my website. So you can find me there as well. Uh, but dweaver at franchise.com is the most direct um, contact way to get, get a hold of me. Thank you. Awesome. So yes, we will include uh, David's information in the show notes. Uh, feel free to reach out to David. Again, I really appreciate your time. I learned a lot. Looking forward to hopefully seeing you next month at, uh, at our conference. And uh, let's definitely talk soon. Uh, don't be a stranger. 
Fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Giuseppe. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Take care. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. Whenever you're ready, here are three ways Giuseppe can help. One, if you've ever considered owning a business of any kind, you owe it to yourself to get a copy of Giuseppe's book, Franchise Freedom. Download your free copy at ggthefranchiseguide.com slash book. Two, want to understand how successful executives make the transition from corporate to owning their own franchise? Join Giuseppe's next online presentation, Franchise Freedom, How to Escape the Corporate World and Have Financial and Time Freedom by Owning a Franchise by going to ggthefranchiseguide.com slash video. Three, want to work with Giuseppe one-on-one to identify the right franchise opportunity for you to navigate the process and get plugged into experienced franchising advisors? Send him an email to gg at ggthefranchiseguide.com with one-on-one in the subject and he'll send you all the details.